Welcome to Tilth Talk Radio. Today we're going to continue talking about dry weather and what things are being affected out in the field. Our spotlight will take a look at our flash drought we've been having in the area. In our Ag History Minute, we'll talk about the history of irrigation. We'll have our cool beans, that's corny, with some current events and wrap things up with a Field Good Friday. With me today are Bill Schomburg. Hey, guys. Max Garvey. What's up, everybody? Todd Schomburg. Hey to all the Tilties out there. And I'm Matt Brueger, all with Tilth Agronomy. Did you guys have a good 4th of July? I mean, Memorial Day weekend? Felt like it. Yeah, it was it was warm. And it didn't rain, which is weird. Right. So, yeah. A- any of the days of the weekend. Right. But, uh, yeah, it was, we did like a campfire in the backyard Sunday night, and I started it while the sun was still up, and ended up sitting like 20 feet away from it. Like, I didn't even have that big of a fire, but it was like, hmm, this is just really warm. But once the sun went down, then it was It is still getting very cool Cool. at night. Not last night, but. No, but some nights have been cold. Yeah. Which is surprising to have that swing of like getting down to like 50 and. Up to 90. Up to 90. Yeah. It's corn growing weather. It is. It, it's weirdly, looking at GDUs, though, because it's the high and low matter, and with the low being down to the 50 mark, it actually is a lot different than a GDU in, like, July or August, where the low is still in the 70s sometimes right. overnight. So it's a little different. But it, it, like you say, Max, if you got corn out of the ground right now, it is soaking those up. And it's June Dairy Month now. We're into the sixth month of the year, halfway through 2023 already. And June Dairy Month is here. We've got dairy breakfasts going on all month. We talked about those a little bit last week. Todd, you're drinking some some milkshake here this morning. Fair life. I'm starting it. JDM Challenge. <laughs> JDM Challenge. Yep. O- only milk? Only, well, and water. Well, there's water in milk. True. I figured if cows can drink it, I could drink that as well. So milk and water, not touching soda. You're only eating TMR then, too? Yeah. Yes. (laughs) It's his regular meals, but he makes Keely put it in a big bowl and stir it. Just mix it all up. up. Yes. Yes. Put it in a blender and then he eats it. Yeah. (laughs) I I like this plan. (laughs) As long as that halogen corn salad, that'd be a little... I eat some corn in it. True. Just that corn silage. Yeah. Don't throw the whole cob in. Sometimes I think, you know, a good halage almost smells edible. Not not like not like I really want to eat it, but you're like, that smells good enough. Like Are you are you then gonna save a uh a Todd Patty to take to the doctor so he can look o- look it over <laughs> and tell you check how you should change your meal. How your my, kernel processing yeah, is what my <laughs> bypass protein level is and yes. Uh, yeah. See these whole kernels? We don't want whole kernels coming out, Todd. We we need something else. Get to chew your food more. <laughs> I drank a lot of milk before, but this will be different. I stocked up at you know at Don's Quick Trip, bought all kinds you of different. B- bought milks. Seymour out of milk? Did you? Yeah, uh, it wasn't quite that much. But did you did you calculate how much you drink in a day and how you're gonna like split the water to milk ratio? I have not. All it's right. gonna be whatever. I... So be a lot of milk. No soda. You did half month. and half. That's that's the plan. No beer yeah. the whole month. That's the plan. I okay. I can I can mix. Beer has water and hops. True, 
True. I was more going for like I'll throw. There's a lot of good stuff you can mix with milk, like Bailey's and vodka and yeah. So you could. I don't vodka. And vodka. Milk? That's sure. what, that's that, what they say. I don't know. That where curdles the milk. Find out. Todd. I, isn't that the whole? Isn't that a shot that you do? Is I it? don't know that it's a, I've ever had vodka. Oh, this mixer. Yeah, cement mixer. There's something else in there though that. Yeah, it's something besides, else. Besides, there might be milk and vodka, but apple juice. Tom and Jerry's. Ooh, I do like a Tom and Jerry's. I and mean, that's more Christmas eggnog. Lime juice. So you could yeah, drink eggnog. <laughs> It'd be a little weird. Lime juice, apparently. Lime uh, juice. Yeah. Okay. That's what makes. That's it, yeah. the the sure. That's what makes the cement mixer. Yep. Oh, it's Irish. It's Bailey's and lime juice. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I didn't think it was straight milk. I don't remember. Well, I knew it was milk. Like, I just meant pulling out the bottle cream. of milk and like, all right, shots, everybody. What else is beer related to milk, though? There's really not. That barley. was a little tough. Yeah. Yeah. It's got barley. You could feed cows hops. Probably. Distiller's grains. Yeah, yep. they feed distiller's grain. That's a stretch, Todd. Yeah, I know. That's why That's why I'm just, we're going to go with with some uh, mixers and see how that goes. Either way, by the next podcast, how will be going through both caffeine withdrawal and... No, I got... I get oh that. yeah, and that's right. You're cheating with caffeine water. Water, yeah. Joe apparently has and bathroom breaks with all the milk he's drinking. I was gonna, <laughs> I was gonna get caffeine packets to put into milk, but that was like there's nothing more refreshing on a 90 degree day than a nice <laughs> cold <laughs> bottle of oh, milk. This is like a. These are supposedly like a. They're like the new energy drink now. So athletes use these. So, so I you as a I'm, professional yeah. athlete must yes. Aaron Rodgers is not. I bet. No, nope. but that's why he's not with us anymore. Anti milk, so. anti dairy, right? Yeah, I like uh, I like a good good cold chocolate milk on a hot day. That's not that's not terrible. I wouldn't say I'm super productive after I slam one of those babies down, but like when you get home at the end of a hot day, grab a chocolate milk out. Of it. You know, instead of a beer, you par- prop your feet up, chocolate milk. You know, take a little nap. Yep. Oh yeah, instant nap after chocolate milk. <laughs> Do you like the 1% chocolate milk or like the two or what are you going for? I like it as high test as I can get it. Yeah, you like the thick stuff. Yeah. Just chewing it. I want a milkshake, basically. Yeah, chewing your milk. Mm, I think that's a different thing you're thinking of. Cheese? The Guinness of milks. Nitro milk. So does caffeine water taste different than regular water? It does not. How much caffeine is in a bottle? Of 120 milligrams in this huge bottle. So it's a little much for me. All of the and shakes. that's a, a liter or half? One liter. That is a liter, yeah. Yep. So one liter, 120 milligrams, you said? Yeah. Because I think a soda is, what is a? 75. Yeah. Coffee, too, I think is around that. But like Monster and some of those now are like 200 Monster. Oh, Monster is not. Monster. Or, yeah, I'm thinking of like Red Rain Bull. or whatever else you guys are drinking now. The energy drinks, when you read them, you're like the big ones, you're only supposed to drink like half. Like the one serving is like half oh, a can. Oh, really? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. My can of Diadu does not say, it says caffeine. It just, just does yeah, not say just lists caffeine. 54 milligrams. It's on, the, it's on the side. 54 in Mountain Dew. I got to say it. I got it up, I got it up right here. They put it at an angle to trick you. Ah, see, I wasn't I sh- there. Show Bill how to read a soda can. Well, <laughs> Sorry. It's not in the square. No, box. they like put it to, at an angle so you don't notice it. 
And then it says we're here to help underneath it. <laughs> yes, if you have a problem. <laughs> Call Diet Dew and the phone number. And please recycle. If you if you drink Diet Dew, you have a problem there for you. 54 milligrams, what's in there, Todd? This is 120, but most of them, like the normal size bottle is like 60. And that's like a 20, That's like a 30 ounce. 33 ounces in a liter. So there's probably more in here than that 12 ounces. Yeah, probably. Tastes better, though. Sundrop, that's the that's the one that really, well, 64 in a can of Sundrop. Or back really? in the day with oh. Jolt. Jolt and, was, uh, oh, Surge. Surge, yeah. Some of those had, like, double the caffeine. Remember when those came out and they, oh, kids today, like, and now Monsters and all. Right, the now the energy, that, energy like, drinks are way worse right? than, than that was. So in a, a Monsters, 86. For, per... Per what size, though? Um, Is that the small can or the big can? That's 16 ounces. So Yeah, so the small can. Red Bull is a 12-ounce can. Gives you wings. 111. Oh. <laughs> That's what I like. I like Red Bull. Yeah. So Drinking. Yeah, a liter of this. A water. liter of that is about the same as drinking a Red Bull. But, you all, but you're also getting water, so like it's good you're for hydrated, you. You're hydrated, Todd. Yes. I hope... Your pee doesn't turn green. Yeah. Like Minotaur would turn it. <laughs> yeah, Minotaur. <laughs> it's a great movie. All right. You guys ready to get into our topic for today? Yep. Yep. All right. I know it seems like a broken record, but we're still experiencing some dry weather. A little bit of relief this week. In a couple spots, we had some remote showers that popped up. but uh, Very well, remote. But for the most part, I mean, outside of a couple isolated heavy rains, it was not a lot of And some parts moisture. got, like, a weirdly a lot, like Fond du Lac up along the lakeshore. Yeah. Got almost inch and a half to two inches in spots, so it was crazy. But for the rest of us that didn't experience rain, one of the big questions that we touched on last week is how long is, well, will my herbicide activate now? Let's talk about how long will it last if it doesn't activate. So, obviously, the, the longer it's out there, the more chance there is of potential loss of efficacy. And when does that start? So, our buddies over in Gopherland, University of Minnesota, had a little uh, article here that I found. And they said, usually, herbicides remain at the soil surface for 7 to 10 days, up to 2 weeks before they can lose efficacy. So... Depending on when you sprayed, if you're within that two-week period, you're probably okay. But once we get past the two weeks, there's the potential of the loss of efficacy. The other side of that is if the weeds are germinating and coming up before that activation, is it enough to come back and kill it? And that can depend on how big those weeds get in the time it takes for that herbicide to activate. Uh, I also found from... Uh, South Carolina, they had a kind of a breakdown of what, how much rain it re requires to activate based on what your active ingredient is. So like your duals, your metallic lures are a quarter inch to half inch. Outlook, it's kind of in that same area. Warrant. BSF, sorry, Matt. Sorry. Actually touts Outlook as a really small amount of moisture. That's good because we have a really small amount of moisture. Right. Yeah. It's actually one of the least amount of prees that needs rain. Uh, warrant, about a half inch. 
Zidra was a half inch. Uh, Prowl, I thought we have that many guys using that anymore. Max, Three quarters of an inch. The yellows. Max, the yellows. Yeah. The yellows. We, Max, we learned you something last week. We did. Yellows. We did. I had no idea what a yellow was. Um, yeah, Valor, quarter inch. So for the most part, between quarter and a half, you're good. Um, there are a few that maybe you need a little bit more up to that inch. Um, and I think ideally getting an inch at this point would be just fine with everybody. There's no, not too much ground out there that we're going to be like, ah, oh, an inch of rain, no. I I am interested to hear what some of those guys say who got an inch or an inch and a half yesterday, how quick that soaked in because I think I think we were able to handle all that and then some probably. From what we heard, it did rain that hard and that quickly that it the ditches were moving. Sure, it was some, running off. Yeah. But it was just because it rains so fast. You know, it was, also, they got that within. That's the problem in a pop up shower. Right. You get the real it's heavy, real heavy, fast, yeah. and not a lot of. But in general, I think it soaked it. I mean, right. when you get cracks, like when we've got the soil cracking happening, like what we see in August at times in clays, like those will fill up. You know, those will take a lot of water before it moves off. I had four tents at home, and when I got home, I wouldn't have known it rained except there was a little... Four tenths or hundredths? Four tenths. Oh, sweet. Yeah. That's a good amount. man. Yeah. I know. I wouldn't have known. Happy for you. Yeah. Yeah. Except there was a little bit on my driveway. Like, otherwise... It It was just gone. I wouldn't have known. No, I was driving yesterday, and I ran into the the first rainstorm, and it was enough to, like, speckle the dust on my truck. So I had, like, a leopard truck for a little while there. I had spots, but then you're hoping for a car wash. Then I did get the car wash Ooh, after nice. a little while, so that was good to see. But that was to the east. That was over near Green Bay, kind of that area. Um, and then once we hit 55 here near Seymour, that seemed to be the line. Like west of that, we had nothing. My lawn still looks like it's July or August. Positive side: don't have to cut the lawn this weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Or the way it looks, probably next weekend. So, so yeah. Hopefully, within you know, if you're sprayed within the last two weeks, you've got an opportunity potentially for activation to happen yet without a loss of efficacy. But even beyond that, there should have some. Um, you know, it's not totally going to go away before we get a rain. Hopefully, I mean, if it never rains again. But and I think a lot of times when we have poor pre-activation. You're going to get some activity. It's just what and what's going to come through, right? Is it some broadleafs that are going to come through? Is it some grasses that are going to come through? You know, in in past years when we don't have a lot of this um, lack of moisture like we have this year so persistent, we'll see fields that just don't, well, I heard it didn't work. It's like, well, it worked. It just didn't activate fully or your grass weeds were germinating before it started activating where your broadleaf weeds weren't. So you get some of that too, even in previous years when it isn't as dry as it is now. We'll see that that they just blame the herbicide didn't work. Well, yeah, it did. It just didn't work. And if you're well in a plan, plan two pass, you just might be doing that second pass earlier, right? To, to control what what broke what through missed. and yeah. um, so there there are options. If you're doing hoping to do a one and done, you may have to follow up and depending on how long we go here. Uh, potentially just hit it with like a glyphosate or something to kind of clean up. Might be the worst year to try through. to be one and done. Right. 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 It's going to be a tough year to be one and done. It just is. And I read in this article too, what I think is interesting. It does say in general, you want the quarter to half inch 
within a few days yeah. of it. So that was weird to me too is like and then it says in general you like to see at least an inch within the two weeks. So it's kind of a you got sort of two amounts there is like do we need a quarter or a half? Is it an inch? What is it? And obviously we've already missed the quarter to a half within a couple of days part. So right now too if you get that quarter to a half it may not work as well as how it would have earlier on. And then it, it does say on some of these to use, obviously, tillage to try to activate it. Yeah, we're past that, but do you ever try to, to cultivate now or use a tool like that, Bill? Do you think that it would, to me, that would to, be... To incorporate it? Right. To I mean, then dry out your soil well, a bit more. Well, exactly. I'm just saying almost to, like, to try to incorporate, but I don't think that would even work. I, it's just to that point where you try to think of out-of-the-box things to do. Right. You know, like last week, Max had the idea of you know putting manure over the top to activate herbicides. I thought that was good. Um, irrigation, obviously. We did that with some urea last week and it worked awesome. Did it work? Yeah. Well? Put some manure out on top. Yeah. It was actually leachate, but yeah, it worked. Sure, like, like you did tea water. 10,000 and you could see they ran out. So the whole field didn't get covered. Right. And you could see the urea everywhere where it didn't get covered. Just, and then we looked where it was and just yeah. clean out your sprayer, fill it up with water. Right. Keep making passes. Yeah. My dad said uh, to me this weekend, he's like, Is there, are they just hauling more manure this year than normal or what? And it's I, because we're hauling more early because it's dry. So I was like, well, kind of. But I think everybody's cleaning out any pit they can find leachate, manure. Like, Well, and think about how many years are we running dump carts on first crop, right? <sighs> <laughs> and we don't have to. So it's so firm that, yeah, we want to. We get more manure out because we're not making a mess of fields. Yeah, and and we had fairly wet before this, so we got late starting with manure in some spots. And yeah, why wouldn't you just keep going till you? I mean, some years you're like, oh, I hope I can get enough out to make it to wheat or to whatever line it is. This year, with a lot of things, it's been like, oh, we don't have to wait. Like, it's not going to rain tomorrow, so. I think it was you, Max, was talking about talking to a co-op guy. They're caught up. They're not behind spraying or anything because they haven't had rain breaks. They haven't had reasons they couldn't go out in the field, which is a double-edged sword in, in this case because, yeah, they got out and sprayed it right away. Well, now after a couple of weeks of no rain, maybe we're wishing they hadn't been quite so quick to be able to get our fields done. They're but. probably going to be able to come back and spray it again. Right. Um, but, yeah, besides herbicide, other things... Um, you know, we're getting close now with some of the early corn to looking at potentially interseeding. And with the forecast, it's like, well, do we even risk it? Because, one, there's not a lot of the interseedings going in the top inch. There's not a lot of moisture there or any, yeah, really, top, anymore. The top inch doesn't. And, two, if even if it does germinate, if we get moisture, is it just going to th- thieve that moisture away from the, the cash crop, which... You know, it all depends what the rest of the summer does. I mean, yeah, we could start getting rain every day, and then it'll be fine. But if we don't get a lot of rain and we get some germination, that could be a potential problem. So um, it's kind of a decision you got to wrestle with and hope that, like I think my grandma was telling me one, one weather guy's like, oh, June's always a wet month. We'll, we'll catch up. And it's like, mm. last year, or was it two years ago? Yeah, two years ago. We didn't get rain until like the 20th or 25th of June. It was almost the 4th of July. Yeah. Yeah. So not necessarily. I mean, it 
there's potential this could stay dry and obviously I don't hope for that but you know it's it's weighing risks pros and cons this whole year it's kind of figuring out where where to take that shot and whether or not it's worth it um because obviously that seed did cost money too so if you're planning on interceding um you know I'm kind of on the fence at this point of even trying it in small batches if it's even worth it because if guys are trying it we want them to be successful and have benefits to it not have it end up becoming a deterrent later so that's a good way to say it man is if it's in your normal program you've got the technique down you know what you want you know what your goals are with it you know you you know what decision to make there but if this was going to be your first year to try it you might want to pump the brakes on it and yeah. just yeah because you're going to be just frustrated that you you put it out there it didn't come and then it came maybe at the wrong time that right. you didn't want it to come could come later and either end up dying or becoming more of an issue yeah um dry pockets i think we've all seen them in some cornfields to different to varying uh effect i mean for the most part populations i've seen so far are mostly okay um you know got a couple spots where maybe the planter lifted up a little bit and wasn't as wet so we didn't get germination the seed's still there um but again as we stay drier are they going to germinate when they do what's that going to look like in the, in the field and if you do have a lot of areas like that if your populations are really messed up i mean yeah i that's been a hard one matt as we get into a population season is there's some fields that yep they're thirty thousand, thirty two 32 look fine but enough that are at you know twenty five thousand, and then have 20 percent of the field where you get these spots that you just dig and there's dry seed, dry seed, dry seed. And you can't replant that because it's you, dry seed. It's, right. Yeah. The seeds there and it'll come if we get rain. And even if you wanted to replant, there's no moisture left right, to, to germinate the new corn. It. Right. So it's, it's one of those weird things where, you know, we've had it where you have crusting and you can do something about it. We've had it where it's too wet and the wet spots drown out and you can replant those. But I, I don't ever remember a season where we had, these dry pockets were basically you're kind of left with doing nothing. Like you can't. Right. There's no anything. real option. Yeah. yeah. Right. I mean, yeah, there's just very little you could do to change it. You just sort of wait and hope for rain to, to fix it. And at this point, I, I have more concern, I guess, in soybeans than I do in corn. As like I said, most, most of what I've seen in corn, I know there's, there's corn fields out there that are a little rougher too, but the soybeans that got planted after the corn, you're less you are 100% right. <laughs> is like beans are like, oh, it's starting to bubble up. This is great. And then you go out there and you're like, okay, I only got 50,000 population. Let me dig, see, you know, what's about to come. And you're like, no, it's the 50,000 and the rest are dry seeds yet. Yep. And you go, yeah. Uh-oh, yeah. You know, and, and some of those I know were planted. Like I was out there when they were planting and they were planted into moisture. It just, that line was going down right as they were planting it almost yeah. that you couldn't it chase just, it quick. Right, enough. It, right. It was chasing your tail with that moisture line. So you're right, Matt, we're going to have uh, the corn at this point too is handling through this dry spell really well. I don't even think the corn knows it's that dry because you know, most time you dig down, I'm getting good moisture at two to four inches and below yep. Yep. and you dig where the root is and it's down in that moisture sucking it up. So the corn, honestly, for corn, this is if it's germinating, it's up. This isn't the worst thing because it can follow that moisture down, can get nice deep root. Driving those roots down. Driving the roots yep. down, yeah. The old school saying that way. Whereas, like you say, with beans, if if A you didn't germinate enough, that's gonna be a problem. 
and B, those are going to struggle a little bit more, it seems, getting into that moisture line and kind of sucking through, you know, getting to it. Yep. So, yeah, I, I think that part is a concern. But there again, there's very little we can do anymore about it. Right. You know, it's just such a... The ball a, is in Mother Nature's court. Yeah. At this point. Yeah. I had a farmer say that the other day. We can spend all this money on technology and fancy bells and whistles on everything, right, we have, and then it means nothing. Nope, this is our humble check right here. Yep. Yeah. Well, and I, I was having the conversation with the guy. We can fight wet better than we can fight dry. Like, we can find a way to survive in wet somehow. We can't do anything. You can't, you, what are we going to do with dry right now? Like, right. we just, we can't. There's nothing we can do to fix this at this point, you know? The only thing I'll say about wet is when it's too wet, you can't do anything. At least when it's dry. You can still plant. You can still. You, I guess you can something to harvest. Well, like you still. Yeah. Well, it's it's not only that there's nothing we can do, but it's also Mother Nature's Mister Opportunity to fix our mistakes. In those clay soils, if the furrows opened up, we didn't get that rain shower to kind of help to fix cover that, that back up. Right. Yeah, if it worked up a little gravelly, yep. you know, we didn't get that rain shower to fix up that. Yeah, Bill, do you remember what Grant? Did Grandpa like dry wet, dry seasons because you could get the crop, but it wasn't much there? Or was it he liked wet seasons because at least there was a crop there to get? There was one or... One I, I always remember, other. yeah, at least if, if it's wet, something will grow. Versus. <laughs> right. <laughs> but but you I just remember, like, my first year working this job, 04, was, like, t- the total opposite. It was very it wet. It was very wet. Yeah. And people were like, I can't do anything. Like... What I planted, drowned it out. I can't get anything more in. At least in a dry year, I can get something done. Now, granted, this is a little to the extreme part of that, you know, where we're almost too dry. But at least if it's raining every day, you can't do anything. If it's not, you can at least get something done. Well, and this year it's and the... And you hope for rain, maybe. It's, if you're running normally really wet ground where you're typically getting in later, this is like your perfect year. Because you have moisture there, because your ground typically is wet anyway, and you get kind of that better planting condition, better scenario. Whereas if you're in light ground and not irrigated, you're the opposite of like, oh well, I can handle a wet year because it. So it, it kind of depends what kind of soils you're running, which way your your adages go. I imagine in in the family farm scenario. So hey, if you plant in the dust, your bins will bust. That just keeps telling yourself that. I had a farmer give me one of those this week after we talked about, oh, man, we're not going to spray not. and we're having a hard time germinating and all stuff. He goes, if you plant in the dust, your bins will bust. That was, that was I said, all right, that's good. Positivity. Run yeah. with it. So it's not if you get no rain, you're going to feel the pain? No, we don't say that. If you plant in the dust, your bins will bust. It's always positive, man. We always go with the positive. <laughs> we try the positive first, and then in a week when it's not working, then we go can go to the negative. Then we go negative. All right. So there you go. That's kind of an update on where we're at with the dry weather and where things are sitting out in the field. Now we'll move into our spotlight for today. So we've been talking the last few weeks about how we went from rain and snow early in the month to dry Uh, it's been called i guess a flash drought so green bay no rain since may 8th until yesterday Uh, there were parts of green bay that did get some pop-up showers so they started with may 1st having snow on the ground 
and now ended May with 90 degree temperatures. I think that's part of this too. It's it's not just that we're dry, it's we're the heat coming yeah. with it. Yeah. It ain't so much the heat, it's the gosh darn humidity. <laughs> Even that, so there isn't much humidity. It wasn't bad much humidity either. Yeah, it almost feels like Arizona. It's very at least scary. At least if way. we were getting dews in right. the morning, that would be helping things right. a little bit, but so yeah, I what I see too is like that that top is the driest I've ever seen the top three inches. You know, the I use a moisture probe to check for with the irrigation and some of that, and you, you put it into that top and it, it just basically reads zero. And if you can get it down into the four inch soil, you're reading over eight percent, which is actually pretty adequate moisture for for the plant. So it's down there, but you gotta get to it yet. And right. Yeah, that top is just so dried out. I, what I can't leave to is the amount that first, like we're about two inches, Green Bay was about two inches off a normal for m- the month of May. So it wasn't crazy off either. Normal is about um, three and a quarter inch. So we're down, but that's counting the sort of melted snow on the first of May. Yep. Which, so is, that, which is half of the total. Right. Yeah. Right. So that's a tricky thing to count. And we know how snow melt, most of that soaks in and it'll go down, which obviously we think it is down there. But to count that seems a little weird. And they said without that snowfall, we'd actually be the fourth May, like on rec- fourth driest, driest May on record. So that, that melted snow kind of skews it that we're kind of not as dry from a record setting place. But, you know, how much do you count that? And it was the first of May. So say it comes a day earlier and it's April and it's, a way different thing too, but we're not in a drought yet, according to the drought monitor. No. So new oh, drought yeah, monitor. Are we May f- or June first? So abnormally dry it's on the drought on today's. Yeah, we are. Parts of the state are. I guess maybe not quite to us. Sorry. Seventy-five percent of the state is, is abnormally dry now. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. They are showing in general to the Midwest. This isn't. There's pockets that are getting showers and stuff, but. This is a, yeah, you're right, brand new map. Oh, Max, it's, yeah, it's basically showing pretty much all the, the Midwest and a lot of part of the, the state of Wisconsin's in the the D0 drought. It, it's like, they're showing it on the big map behind you right now, Todd. It's like right, almost right to us, the yeah, line. it's just creeping right up to Otagamia County. It's, it's surrounding Winnebago almost. Hasn't quite pinched the top. It's because it rained there last I was night. Say, right. Yeah, they got too much of the rain yesterday. That's, that's, that's where they got yeah the pop up showers. But yeah, most of Minnesota and the northern part of Wisconsin, and then almost all of Iowa creeping up into the southern part of Wisconsin. So you get where corn is grown. And yeah, tough look. Yeah, yeah, that's a lot of. You know, there's enough corn, I guess, grown in the southeast, and there, there's not much. But through the whole Midwest. Yeah, and just think, was it, pretty sure it was last year, right, that Missouri had flooding and they couldn't plant. And now they were able to get in fairly early this year, but now there's some red areas in Missouri. Yeah, Missouri was way ahead, too, of where, everybody for a while. There. Yeah, yeah they're right. hitting D3 droughts in parts of Missouri already. So, Yeah, D3 is extreme drought. That's... Yeah. D0 were abnormally dry. All right. So now we'll move into our egg history minute. 
Today we're talking irrigation. If you're fortunate enough to have irrigation on your farm, you may not be feeling the, the stress of the drought, but how long has irrigation been around? Well, the earliest form of irrigation probably involved people carrying buckets of water from wells or rivers to pour on their crops. Uh, as better techniques developed, societies in Egypt and China built irrigation canals, dams, dikes, and water storage facilities. Ancient Rome built structures called aqueducts to carry water from snowmelt in the Alps to cities and towns in the valleys below, and this water was used for drinking, washing, and irrigation. Modern irrigation systems use reservoirs, tanks, and wells to supply water for the crops. Reservoirs include aquifers, basins that collect snowmelt, lakes, and basins created by dams. Canals or pipelines carry the water from the reservoir to the field. Canals and pipelines, just like the ancient Roman aqueducts, often rely on the force of gravity. Pumps may also be used to move water from reservoirs to the fields. Crops can be irrigated by several methods. There's flood irrigation, where you flood an entire field, channeling water between the rows of plants. Spraying water through sprinklers, which is what we see more here in Wisconsin. Or letting water drop onto plants through holes in pipes. There's also drip tape irrigation, where they have like a hose with holes in it that you bury under the ground and it releases. So uh, letting water drop on a plant through drip irrigation is considered one of the most efficient methods of irrigation. Drip irrigation focuses the water onto the plant itself. Other methods can waste water by letting it absorb into the ground where there are no plants, but water can also evaporate through the air when sprayed through sprinklers. So there's kind of a background. We've at the central part of Wisconsin that's known more for irrigation than any other part of our state. But you do find it every once in a while in other places, whether it's used for irrigating crops or uh, manure. And now with the Yield 360 rain technology that's starting to pop up in a few places, we've got yet another form of irrigation. That'd be handy to have this year. It would, yeah. I've been uh, watching this guy on TikTok. I get down these rabbit holes, and this guy is got this guy shares about his his like irrigation deal. He's on a shared ditch, so like you get to dam up by your farm every couple days. It's your turn or whatever. It's pretty. It's pretty fun to watch. Like it gets completely like bone dry, and then he dams it all up, and then just watching it flood the whole farm is pretty sweet. I mean, whole like six acres or whatever it is, you know. Sure. Then he pulls all the water out of the ditch. It's pretty sweet. Well, thank you, Matt. I, I, do we have to resort to the old school buckets? Is that where we're at now? Or just I mean, maybe. I, I think we've got sprayer, enough sprayers around. We just uh, fill just them with do water that. And just yeah. go out and wet the ground a what, little bit. Even if you could direct it to the row with some uh, streamer bars or something. There you I go. I feel like would be, turn would them, be ideal. Turn them well, get manure dribble bars to just run water and yeah. tankers. Yeah, Then I'll just dribble right like over I say, the, the top. The crop is so little right now. If we could just put it over that row and really use it, it would be, be sweet. What if we just filled the sprayers with water and just went over that's with that? That's the plan, Max. We literally just yeah. said that. Like, just, no, like, what <laughs> no, if, how exactly. much would that take? Yes. Oh, 26,000 yeah. gallons yeah. per acre, right? A lot of sprayer loads. Oh. <laughs> that's so much water. Yeah, yeah, you need a couple pretty big tender tankers to keep filling you up. Yeah. Only do the fields on the side of the creek, so you can go straight from the creek into the yield three or no, what is it called? Three sixty rain. Rain that yeah. one. You have like a hose hook to that, right? Yeah, it's basically like a reel, yeah, and then yeah. it just drag. It's like a dribble bar kind of right. thing where it just drags and drips the water right. over the top. Right. 
All right. Thank you, Matt. And thank you to our listeners out there. Please subscribe to the podcast and tell a farmer friend. All they need to do is search Tilt Talk Radio and Apple Podcasts or an Android. Download an app like Podcast Addict, Podbean, and Player FM. You can also listen on your computer or smartphone browser. Go to tiltag.com slash podcast. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Tilt Talk Radio. All right. Thanks, Dad. Now it's time for some current events with our Cool Beans. That's corny. So Cool Beans. Cool Beans. Cool Beans. Cool Beans. Cool Beans. All right. Our Cool Beans this week. The Supreme Court has ruled against EPA in the WOTUS case, WOTUS being waters of the U.S. So the United States Supreme Court sided with an Idaho couple in a significant environmental case against the EPA over a plan to develop a small lot near Priest Lake. Uh, This is unique because it was a unanimous finding by the court, even though there was a split on how things should be interpreted. Uh, court was split five to four on the test portion, which stated that only wetlands with a continuous surface connection to a body of water are covered by the law. So everyone agreed EPA was wrong in this case. It was just what level, that's where they disagreed. Uh, The case focused on an interpretation of the 1972 Clean Water Act and asked for a clear definition of what the law intended by giving the EPA authority to regulate WOTUS or waters of the U.S. Uh, Michael Reagan, the EPA administrator, shared in a press release that he's disappointed by the ruling and that it erodes longstanding clean water protections, but again, being unanimous in a split court where you have different political bodies, obviously, there is some contention over how that rule can be interpreted. Uh, <clears throat> so the definition will hopefully get kind of sorted out by all this, and there will likely be some changes in how things are interpreted as we move forward with the Clean Water Act. So it's interesting to see that change. Now are That's Corny this week. Heat going into June will increase soil moisture troubles. So uh, this final week of May was the driest in 30-plus years for the corn belt. The dryness is favorable for field work, and a majority of corn planting has wrapped up in the main producing states. Now farmers are shifting their focus to moisture. The dry conditions have increased in various regions throughout the Midwest and across the country, including abnormally dry to drought conditions cropping up on the drought monitor. So, as we talked about earlier, it's creeping into Iowa, Illinois, Wisconsin, Indiana, even parts of Michigan, um, and Minnesota are covered in the abnormally dry part at this point. And the long-term forecast, not a lot of change that we see. Uh, This week will be the third hottest in 30-plus years. And next week doesn't, I mean, the temperatures are going to start to cool down a little bit, but we're still going to be dry. So hopefully something will change sooner or later. we got to end on something good, Matt. And then that's why we have the Field Good <laughs> yes. Friday. Yes, I like that because it was too much dry talk. Yes, it was a very dry it episode. It was very dry. Podcast. <clears throat> All right. So our Field Good Friday this week. Enrollment is filling fast for the new farm short course. 
So as we previously mentioned, previously mentioned on this podcast, Farm and Industry Short Course is returning uh, at UW River Falls. And as of May 30th, the enrollment was about half full. So, And they just opened it, I believe, last week. So within a week, they've already got half the spots filled. Uh, there's interest from Wisconsin, but also other people from other states looking at potentially coming up to short course. 16-week on-campus program moved to River Falls and will be limited to 24 students this fall and winter. They're also uh, recommending students register quickly before the classes fill up. So obviously being half full already, they're within another week they could be full. So, And you must fill out applications online. So if you know someone who's interested in being a part of Farm and Industry Short Course, you can go to uwrf.edu backslash academics backslash FISC. And that talks about the different programs available, including the new Farm and Industry Short Course. So I got you all signed up, Max. You're yes. Signed. Back about, to school. It's about time. Back to school. <laughs> It's it's awesome that it's back. It's such good news, and I think River Falls actually should be a great yeah Mugu, place I mean, for it. Yeah, I yeah. mean, I don't know why. I, and oh, Madison as a Madison it. person, I'm even saying this that yeah, it, Ma- Madison wasn't the place for this program either. So River <laughs> Falls will be a much better much better place for it. All right, well that'll do it for this week. Thanks for being here, guys. Thanks for having us, Matt. So this week we talked current conditions out in the field as we continue with this dry weather and what to expect with not only herbicide activation, but moving forward with germination issues and replant scenarios. In our spotlight, we looked at the month of May and how dry things have been. In Ag History Minute, we talked the history of irrigation Cool beans this week was the Supreme Court ruled against EPA on the waters of the U.S. That's corny that we're continuing, we will continue to see dry conditions, at least in the short term. And our Field Good Friday was enrollment filling fast for the new farm and industry short course. Thanks for listening, and as always, happy farming.